Yeah, I know it's an emotional day for Del Farbro's Liam's and uh, God takes God takes the tough situations and he, 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 you know um, I, I briefly talked about this and it kind of leads into today's message is that um, New Year's I posted that God doesn't bring brokenness into your life. He deals with it, walks with you, holds you, carries you, but he's not the one that does that. And uh, so I see the goodness, the goodness that's come in the last three years from this family that's sitting here and it's hurting today. And uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're my friends and family. And uh, so I'm thankful for you today. Uh, I'll mention real quickly because I don't like to talk about my mom when she's ill because I get emotional, but she's in the hospital. And I think she may be listening today. So, hey, Mom and Heidi, she's sitting there together. So uh, just pray for my mom. I think she's had a little bit out of what uh, you experienced this last week. So just appreciate your prayers for her. All right, so... Uh, let, let's pick up, we, we've been in Luke, and now we're going to jump to John today. And here's the thing that um, you need to know about John, is, is John told the story about Jesus um, very intimately because he considered himself, and I believe that Jesus even referred to John as his beloved one like the one that he loved the most. And so John wasn't real, he wasn't like Luke, who was more detailed. Luke was the doctor and was very detailed and chronological and everything else. But John, he just kind of told the stories. And so John only talks about seven signs or miracles that Jesus Wait, I was getting ready to say that Jesus does, but it's actually that God does through Jesus. Let's get that correct. That um, the signs, uh, and so today is one of those last signs, miracles that we're going to talk about. And it's one that we've been waiting for and waiting for and waiting for because we've we've heard it. Jesus was doing public miracles all along from the moment his mom came to him and said son when we're out of wine and you need to change this water into wine and he's like wait mom it's too early it's not my time yet but the father did it through him and then we got to uh, Matthew 8 Mark 1 and Luke 5 which is all synoptic they're all the same they all come together and it talks about Jesus healing a Jewish leper This had never been done through the first part of the scripture. No one had ever healed a Jewish leper before. Because there was laws in Leviticus that the priests had to adhere to when someone actually was healed. That they had to go back to the temple and they had to go through this ritual of cleansing. But if nobody ever was healed, that wasn't laws that they particularly practiced all the time. But Jesus did this, and what did he do? He sent the leper back to the priest, and the priest was like, what? And so then the priest went to all the Jewish leaders, and he said, "Uh, there's been a leper healed. 
And everybody went, what? That's never happened before. Now we know, we have said amongst our group of people that if anybody ever heals a leper, a Jewish leper, they might be the Messiah. They might be the one that we've been looking for since Genesis chapter 3. For hundreds of years, they've been looking for the Messiah, and if somebody heals a leper, that's a pretty good sign that he could be the Messiah because none of us have ever been able to do it. And so therefore, the Pharisees began following Jesus, the person, and began watching him and observing him. And he continues to heal publicly. He heals a lame man in John chapter 5. And then we get to Matthew chapter 12, and he heals this man with a shriveled, withered hand. And everybody watches it just become whole again. This is in public. It's like everybody, not just the disciples, but everybody, including the Pharisees and the Jews, are able to see these miracles happen. And then, you know, he's by the Sea of Galilee, and he's really healing many people. And the stories are starting to get out. And then in that same chapter, Matthew chapter 12, they bring a deaf mute to him. Someone who can't hear and talk. And he's demon-possessed. Oh. I mean, you, you've heard it. You've heard of me tell this story already because we've covered Matthew chapter twelve. But the way the Pharisees cast out demons in those days is they would talk to the demon directly through the person, and they would say, "What's your name?" And the demon would tell them what their name is through this person, and then they would cast the demon out by name. But if the person can't talk, they can't do that. And so, therefore, no one has ever healed a deaf, mute, demon-possessed person. This is another sign that they could be the Messiah. Guess what? Jesus did exactly that. He cast the demon out of this deaf, mute. Amazing. And all the Pharisees looked at him and they all kind of got together and they began to say, you're doing this under the power and the spirit of Beelzebub, which is the devil, which is Satan, and saying, you're not the Messiah. In fact, you're evil. And this is where it all changed. Jesus, a Jew looks at the Jewish nation, which is led by the Pharisees, the leaders, and he says, you've just blasphemed the Spirit of God to his face. You, you've just blasphemed. And because of that, here's what's going to happen. You're no longer going to hear this good news. You're no longer going to hear you, You've seen miracles. You've seen what I've done. You've seen what God's done. I've told you all these things, and now it's going to be hidden from you. And what you've just done has brought death to your generation. In fact, it was so proven that in 70 A.D., the Romans came in and 1.1 million Jews died. 
based upon that one accusation that Jesus healed somebody under the power of Beelzebub. Now, that's pretty incredible. So then now Jesus changes everything that he's doing. Privately, he, he continues to heal people around his disciples because he's want, he wants his disciples to learn how to, to heal people in the name of God and the power of God. So he continues to do that in front of them. And then he begins to tell stories publicly, but they're known as parables. And there's a hidden meaning to it. And the Jewish nation can't understand it or hear it. But privately, he goes to his disciples and he explains this to them because he wants them to understand the gospel and the good news. So now, the whole Jewish nation is saying, if you're the Messiah, like he hasn't already proven it yet. He's done one, two, and he will do the third messianic miracle. He will do the third one, which was to take a person that was born blind and cause them to see. Those are like three of the miracles that they couldn't do. And if anybody did those, they would have to be the Messiah. So now Jesus has done all this, and they keep calling, we want to see more miracles. We want to see more miracles. Prove to us that you're the Messiah. And he's like, nope, nope, nope. The only thing that you're going to get is one more miracle. I'm going to show you one more miracle and it will be the miracle of Jonah. Oh, what's the miracle of Jonah? You're going to get swallowed by a well? <laughs> well, we know Jesus doesn't get swallowed by a well. The miracle of Jonah is this, is that Gina, Jonah was, he disobeyed God, he ran from God, they threw him overboard, he was swallowed by a big fish. A big fish. Bust your bubble right here. He died inside the fish. And three days later, he was spit out on the shore and he was resurrected. That, my friends, is the miracle of Jonah. That someday you will see. I know you just ruined all your stories of Jonah living in a well. But this is the miracle. And he's like saying, I'll show you one more miracle. You got one more chance to see this thing. I'm going to raise somebody from the dead. And here we go, of course. <laughs> Speaking of the evil one, he'll go away in about 10 seconds. John chapter 11 says, Now a man was sick, and Lazarus from Bethany, this was not the same Lazarus that we talked about last week in Luke chapter 16. Remember the story of the underworld, where Lazarus and the rich man, Lazarus was on the paradise abraham's bosom side this is not the same lazarus it's kind of interesting though it's kind of interesting though that they had the same name it says now a man was sick lazarus from bethany the village of mary and her sister martha you're familiar with mary and martha right because we've already had this story jesus went to bethany several times and you remember he went into their house and what happened Martha's in the kitchen doing her thing. She's like in control, very detailed, taking, you know, control of the whole house. And Mary, she's at the feet of Jesus and she's, she's basically taking this, uh, this oil and she's 
put it all over Jesus and she's wiping his feet with her hair and she's just worshiping Jesus for all she's worth. Martha says, hey, can't you get Mary to come in here and help me with the dishes? And Jesus is like, Martha, Mary's right where she needs to be. That That's the same Mary and Martha that we have right here and their brother Lazarus. So Jesus has visited their home several times in Bethany. Now, if you if you take Jerusalem, if you take Jerusalem and you literally stand on the Temple Mount right there in the heart of Jerusalem and you look to the east, you're going to see you're going to see the uh, Mount of Olives, which is really a cemetery now. It's a cemetery for Jewish people. But just on the other side of the Mount of Olives is this town called Bethany. It's less than two miles away from Jerusalem. And this is what we're looking at. It says, <clears throat> uh, let me say this too. Bethany, this town, was under the jurisdiction of the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin being a group of Pharisees and a group of Sadducees and a high priest. They were the ones in control of Bethany at the time. Verse 2, it says, Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Ah, look, even John's reminding you. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sister sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. <laughs> That's interesting that John wrote that because he's usually referring to himself as the one the Lord loved. But the sister said, Jesus, you love Lazarus, and he's really, really sick. They sent a message to him. In other words, they didn't go. They sent a messenger. The messenger was two miles away. How long does it take to walk two miles? Some say 30 minutes. That's a pretty quick pace. Some say 40, Some maybe an hour. Let's 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 give the guy. He's slow. He's climbing hills. Give him an hour. All right. So they send a messenger to Jesus, who's in Jerusalem, and they're in Bethany, two miles away. It says when Jesus heard it, he said, "This sickness will not end in death, but it is for the glory of God, so the Son of God may be glorified through it." Jesus knows something here. He knows, look, he knows that Lazarus is going to die. And in fact, I'm going to show you something here real quick. Lazarus probably died during the time that the messenger left the house and appeared before Jesus. Most likely, and you'll see this here in just a second, most likely Lazarus died while the messenger was traveling to Jesus. It's kind of crazy. But Jesus is like saying, this is going to be for God's glory. Now, one of the arguments that somebody made with me on Facebook is that God intentionally killed Lazarus or Jesus let Lazarus die so God could be glorified. How sick is that thought? That's not my God. I think that death is a part of this world and that Lazarus was sick and that he died. 
Now, what God did with it, what God did with it, he used it for his glory. And this is what Jesus is focusing on. It says, now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, which is Mary, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. What? Did that read right? So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Like, they said, he's sick, it's only an hour away. That's why I believe Jesus knew he died. It's like, it's already happened. I'm going to wait here two more days. Jesus didn't sit here and wait for Lazarus to intentionally die. That wasn't it. But he waited two days. It says, then after that, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. Now, let's think about this. Let's say day one, the messenger comes to Jesus. The, the first day, hey, Lazarus is sick, go to Jesus. This is day one, maybe take some hour to get to Jesus. Day two, Jesus says, it says that Jesus waited two days. The messenger returned to Bethany, I'm assuming, on day two, and Jesus waited day two and day three. Day four, Jesus arrives in Bethany. You're going, well, how did you get four days? Well, it tells us here in the scripture. It tells us here in the scripture. There were four days Jesus waited two. Messenger came day one, waited two days. Jesus traveled on day four. Watch this. Verse 8, it says, Rabbi, the disciples told him, just now the Jews tried to stone you. And you're going there again, like you're going back to Bethany where the Sanhedrin has jurisdiction. You realize that if you go back to Bethany where the Pharisees and the Sadducees are, they are waiting to stone you and to kill you. You can't go back to Bethany. His 12 teenage young men disciples are scared. says aren't there 12 hours in a day jesus answered i'm assuming there's a calmness about him if anyone walks during the day he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world but if anyone walks during the night he does stumble because the light is not in him i'm thinking that the disciples probably had a plan hey let's not travel during the day let's just like go at nighttime And Jesus is like, man, we're going in the daytime because we can see very clear. He said this, and then he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. (laughs) Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll get well. We don't need to go to Bethany for you to wake Lazarus up. He's just sleeping. He's going to get better on his own. And Jesus, however, was speaking about his death. Jesus is saying he's dead. He's fallen asleep. He's already dead, you guys. But they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus told them plainly, Hey guys, Lazarus has already died. He's dead. No breath. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe. 
but let's go to him. Like, there's a reason we're going to go. There's going to be one more miracle that people see. They've been asking for this miracle. I've been saying that it's going to happen. It's time for this miracle to happen. You know, I was thinking just this morning as I was driving here was Jesus knew he was going to do the miracle of Jonah, right? Yeah, I mean, he knew for a long time that he was. Did he know it was going to be Lazarus? Did he know that? Doesn't say that anywhere. You just kind of go, wow, Jesus, the, Lazarus, that's the one that's going to be the miracle of Jonah. It says, <clears throat> then Thomas, some of your translations say Didymus, which means the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let's go too so that we may die with them. Look, if Jesus is going to die, let's just be, we'll die too. We'll, we'll all, we're all in this thing together. Let's, let's go together. Let's take one for the team. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. There you go. Four days. Right? You have to calculate that somehow. It says right there that, He's been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. We've already said that. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Why, why did Martha go? Because she's in control. She wants to tell Jesus, hey, you're too late. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. See, what Martha believed here was that Jesus had, he had the ability and the, and the, and the authority to prevent death. Like, she believes that he could have stopped this. What she didn't know is that Jesus has authority over death. Big difference. It says in verse 22, Yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give to you. Oh, she still had some faith. And Jesus told her, Martha, your brother will rise again. What if you were Martha and you're standing there and Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, the one that you believe in, says, your brother's dead, but he's going to rise again. You're going, I know what you're thinking. You're going, well, that's pretty exciting. But she's Martha. And she's trying to, like, figure this thing out. Well, how's that going to happen? And she says this. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now, let me explain something to you. And I understand that, that sitting in this room right here, everybody has a different opinion about how the end times were going to happen. Some of you don't have a clue and don't care. Lord, just do whatever you're going to do, and I trust you. I'm kind of along that same lines, but I understand post-trib, mid-trib, 
pre-trib, all that stuff, and millennial. We, we, we could have discussions about this forever. But let's look. I want to explain to you uh, what I understand from the Scripture is that when the Old Testament saints died, that would be everybody before Pentecost. Pentecost is where that whole thing changed, not at the cross, but bodies were raised up at Pentecost. All right, The Old Testament saints died, and they went to Abraham's bosom or paradise. Remember we talked about this last week. Sheol is the Hebrew form, is the Hebrew word, and Hades is the Greek form for the underworld. In the underworld, there's two sides. There's the hell side, which the rich man was on, and there's Abraham's bosom, the paradise side, which those who are saved and believed were on that side. Remember that? That was just last week. Tell me you're with me. All right? So the Old Testament saints died, and they went to the paradise side, and they went to Abraham's bosom. When we, those that are after Pentecost, died, our spirit soul, guess what, doesn't go to paradise or Abraham's bosom because that is no longer. Everybody that was there rose and went to heaven at Pentecost. Now when we die after Pentecost, it says, Paul says, our body If we're absent from the body, then we're present with the Lord. If my soul and spirit is no longer in my body, I'm present with the Lord. I'm in heaven. Crazy thing is Ephesians says I'm already sitting there. (laughs) Like literally right now, I'm there. But my soul and spirit when I die goes with him. There's no Abraham's bosom or paradise for us as believers. right? Then you have to understand this. I don't have, anybody that dies right now and it is heaven doesn't have their resurrected, glorified body. That's all to come here in the end. There's only one person that has a resurrected body. And who might that be? He's always the answer, people. Jesus. It's always the answer. We know that Jesus had a resurrected body that walked here on earth. All right? And so, someday, look, watch this. New Testament saints, we're going to get our resurrected bodies whenever the church is taken out. That word that we use is rapture, which is not in the scripture. But I believe that we'll get our bodies at that point. At the end of the tribulation, seven years of tribulation, that the Old Testament saints will get their resurrected bodies. So, get this. If Lazarus died, if Lazarus died, where did his soul spirit go during that time? Abraham's bosom, paradise, because Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet and Pentecost hadn't come. Now, you're you're with me. We're we're almost to the end of Jesus' life here. He's getting ready to raise Lazarus. It doesn't say, the scripture doesn't say when Lazarus actually died. But if Jesus is to die real soon within the next year, Lazarus probably lived longer than a year. And so when Lazarus dies a second time, where will his spirit soul be? In heaven. That's crazy, right? Isn't that crazy to think about Lazarus? 
He's going to go to paradise. He's in paradise, Abraham's bosom. Jesus is going to raise him from the dead. And when he eventually dies again, he's no one gets to do that. <laughs> no one gets to do that but Lazarus. What a ride. But watch. It says in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty, just to prove my point, it says, But as it is, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He's the first one to get his resurrected body. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. Now watch this. It says, but each in his order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward at his coming, those who belong to Christ. When Jesus returns, all those bodies will be resurrected and we get a glorified body. And then it says, then comes the end. When he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, when he abolishes all rule and authority and power, for he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet, the last enemy to be abolished is death. At that point, the Old Testament saints get their glorified body. You with me? A little confusing? But it's pretty incredible to take all 66 books and sew them together. Now watch, we're getting to the end here. Jesus said to her, she's like, she's like, I get it. He, in the end, his body's going to be resurrected and he's going to be, have his resurrected body. Just what I explained to you. And Jesus looks at her and says, Martha, (laughs) I am the resurrection. And the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, he'll live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. He looks at Martha and says, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who comes to the world. She had no idea what to expect. Having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher's here, and he's calling for you. (laughs) As soon as Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. Where was Martha? She was at the tomb where Lazarus was buried. Where was Jesus? He was there where Martha was. Mary got up from the house went to the tomb where Lazarus was. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw that Mary got up quickly and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to cry there. Like Martha come in and said, Jesus wants to see you. He's calling for you. She got up quickly, left, and everybody in the house like, oh, she's going to the tomb. Let's follow her to the tomb. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, She fell at his feet. Here we go again. Mary falls at Jesus' feet and worships him. Says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Same thing Martha said. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit. Troubled. 
Are you with me? I know we're coming to the end, but stick with me here for a second. It says Jesus was deeply moved and he was troubled in his spirit. I love that. Jesus says, where have you put him? He asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. And as they walked to where where Lazarus had been laid to rest, the one verse you all have memorized, Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the whole Bible, and it means so much. It's okay to cry. Jesus wept. And I sit there and go, well, why did Jesus w- weep? Why, why did Jesus weep? I mean, he, he already knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. It's not like he's, he's weeping over Lazarus being dead, right? He knows he's getting ready to raise him. He's not... Because he's walking with Mary and Martha and they are mourning, they are grieving. And when the body mourns and grieves, we all mourn and grieve together. And all of a sudden, I have this picture of my Messiah, my Savior, my Savior who is sympathizing with Martha and Mary. Like he he's feeling emotion. We talk about emotion manipulating. Jesus is letting the emotion play out right here. All the thoughts that are going through his head, he experiences the same. Look, he experiences good thoughts and bad thoughts. Jesus doesn't act on them, but he came here in human form so that he could take on this flesh and experience what you are experiencing. And I have a Savior, a Messiah that cried. And then I think, what if he's just weeping because he knows he's getting ready to raise Lazarus from the dead and all his Jewish people still aren't going to believe that he's a Messiah? What if he's just weeping over the fact that he's still going to be rejected? It doesn't say why Jesus wept. I just know that my Jesus experiences what I experience. In verse 36 it says, So the Jews said, See how he loved him? They didn't process what you just processed. See how Jesus loved Lazarus? But some of them said, some of the people that were standing around, the whole Jewish nation said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? The Jews just said, 
couldn't the same man who did one of the messianic miracles we recognize that he did one of the messianic miracles couldn't he raise his buddy from the dead they realize that he's done those miracles that they held so high then jesus deeply moved some of your translations say angered Deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus says, remove the stone. (laughs) How do you say that? He's angry. But it's Jesus. Remove the stone. Hey, remove the stone. I'm about to do something amazing here. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there's already a stench because he's been dead four days. If you take that stone away, it's going to stink to high heaven. He's, it's going to be bad, Jesus. You see, here's what the Jews believe. They believe that the spirit kind of hovered for three days. And then on the fourth day, that spirit went down to Hades or Sheol on the fourth day. Oh, I get it. Why did Jesus wait two days? Because he wanted to make sure that what the the Jews believed, that the spirit hovers for three days, wasn't around anymore. He wanted to make sure that that, that Lazarus was good and dead and they knew it. So now that the fourth day's come and he's soul spirit's not anywhere around, this makes it all much bigger it makes it a true resurrection jesus said to her didn't i tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of god martha (laughs) i asked you didn't didn't you say that you believed so they removed the stone and then jesus raised his eyes he looked up why because you go you go back to john 1410 he's like i didn't do any of these things it was my father doing it through me it was my father did so he looks up and he says father i thank you that you heard me i know that you always hear me did you hear that people i know that you always hear me but because of the crowd standing here the public crowd not just the disciples but we're doing this in front of everybody, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Jews, the Gentiles, everybody. But because the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe you sent me. Watch, people. You want another miracle? You keep asking for another miracle? This is the first public miracle that Jesus did since they blasphemed him. And after he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! (laughs) I'd love to have been there. Everybody's standing there like going, no, this ain't happening. The dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. 
what in the heck? I can't even get up when my alarm goes off. <laughs> Lazarus, he he was down in Abraham's bosom paradise and all of a wait, 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 wait. What happened here? Can't see? <laughs> he's in a dark cave anyway. But he's like totally covered and he comes out and people freaked out. Had to have, right? They had to have been running. Ooh, we just saw a ghost. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. My Savior, my Messiah is Jesus Christ. He, through the power of God, is capable of raising people from the dead. He's proved himself over and over and over. Yet they refuse to believe. Lord, I pray that uh, that we know you even more today. That we can understand your word. That we can process your word. We can live out your word. We can trust your word. Lord, give us belief. Allow us to trust. For you can do great things. I trust you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.